following is a presentation of the Church of the Living God in Traverse City, Michigan. I'm going to give you just a little bit of background about why we're doing this this morning. Uh, so I'm going to preface it with something that happened this last week when Sheila and I were in St. Paul. So I went to St. Paul to do some teaching on behalf of this program called LEAD, and we managed to morph that into a, a short vacation for the two of us as well. But one of the things they asked me at LEAD, they did this little interview thing, and they're like, what do you enjoy most about being there for those couple days to do that teaching? And I realized it didn't take me long to to come to my conclusion, which was, I really like meeting the new students, and then after the classes are done, I'm there for lunch, and I get to talk with them, and our lives begin to intersect, and there's something about just connecting with other people on a deeply personal level that I'm finding more and more meaningful. I, I suspect those of you who are older than I am, you have probably found this to be true years ago, and you're kind of nodding like, way to catch up, kid. But I... I'm realizing I used to be a guy who really uh, focused on projects more than people. And I, I say that to my own shame or with some embarrassment, that I thought it was far more important to accomplish things than to be connected with the people in my life very deeply. And the last number of years has been something of a turn in my life as part of my really post-heart attack journey in a lot of ways about just beginning to appreciate more and more the richness of the community of God and recognizing that within the church, and, and this isn't exclusive to the church, I find deeply meaningful relationships everywhere, but as part of building relationships with people who are also committed to Christ and finding out what God is doing in their life and hearing of God's faithfulness and God's mercy and God's grace, I just, I find it deeply encouraging and challenging and comforting and all of those things. So this brings me to what we're going to do this week and next week. And that is, take some time with some people up front here just to hear about how God has been faithful in their lives. So this week is Sal and Heather. Next week, uh, Tom, Gordon, and Amy and his kids uh, throughout the morning, including Message Plus, they actually have something very intriguing planned for the entirety of the morning, but you'll find that out next week. Uh, so with Sal and Heather this week, this also is intriguing. I wasn't like, that'll be intriguing, but this is like, eh. So... Uh, we were talking this last week, and it's been a number of years since I first met Sal and Heather. They were here for a while, then they were gone for a while, now they're back again. And so I want to ask them, first of all, just to talk a little bit about, let's just go the last couple years in your life, how you got to living God, why you were gone for a while, now you're back, and what's going on. So just give us a, a snapshot of the now, so to speak, and then we're going to start unpacking other things from your life. And I test your microphone real quick. Testing, testing, Test one, two. Real quick, Heather. <laughs> hello, hello. Hello, testing. Ah, uh, there we go. Are we good? Okay, we're good. Okay. What was the question? <laughs> I get nervous in front of a lot of Do people. Do we have so this on tape? Can we just roll tape? Um, give us a little snapshot of the last number of years of your life, maybe how you got to live in God, then where you were, and now you're back, that type of thing. Um, so... You know, I guess we've been connected, or at least, like you said, I've known you for, geez, wow. a Too while, long, probably. a long, long time. Yeah. Um, and we've just kind of sort of stayed connected through Facebook. I, uh, I watch you. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> um, so, uh, 
that said, no, I'm just joking. No, um, <laughs> um, so for the last few years, we've been, uh, we've just, you know, I, I'll, one so I'm pretty sure that uh, we came across Church of the Living God by Googling churches in Traverse City um, and non-denominational churches and found that this one had like a really good statement of faith that we could get behind and looked like they were biblically yeah. sound. And um, But well, for the last uh, just over a decade, we've been doing international mission work, and so we're never really, when we're stateside, we are never in one place for very long. So we've kind of popped in and out, and through that, gotten to know Pastor Anthony and some of the folks here a little bit um, more. And right now, we are stateside. Uh, the last year or so, we'd been, we've been living in Uganda, Africa, um, along the northern border, very close to the Congolese and the South Sudanese border and working uh, primarily in refugee camps there. So um, it was kind of our initial trip. Most of our, our experience has been in Latin America, and, um, but we felt the Lord was leading us to, to Africa and to Uganda. And so this was sort of our initial year to go, you know, the culture crash and start language and kind of figure out how we can do that long term. And so right now we are back stateside, get, you know, the, the visa thing figured out, the fundraising thing figured out, uh, kind of get fed and nurtured while we're here and uh, with the intention of returning to Africa um, long term now following this period. Well done. I just want to interject something real quick. You, what she said yes. is that kind of what uh, you're, you're right on now. <laughs> it's interesting that you guys are back here to be fed, um, among other things. But I know my experience, and I know from talking with other people in the church, it's working both ways. So it's really been cool to have you guys um, find your refreshing and your renewal here because it's working both ways. So I want to back up just a little bit now. And there's been some mornings where we just do full-blown testimonies. We don't really have time for both of them to do that this morning. So I want to kind of hit some highlights for portions of their lives. And what I told them ahead of time was I want to focus on how have you experienced God's faithfulness? Because I, I suspect as you hear Sal and Heather talk, there's been plenty of things in their lives that were challenges. They were hurdles, things that, to go back to Joseph, um, that Satan meant for ill, but God brought something good out of it. So I just want to hit some of those different areas. You might have a lot of questions. Come to Message Plus afterwards because we won't be able to unpack nearly all of this. But I, I want to kind of try to work my way through this a little bit. So let's start talking, first of all, just about your, your childhood, your family of origin, how you were raised, what were some things there that you can see that either God blessed you because what you were given was this really good foundational thing that you were able to build on, or how you've experienced God's blessing as the things you were given weren't so good, but you've been able to see how over time uh, God has worked and brought healing and maybe even created ministry opportunities out of it. Okay. I'll go first because... Um my background's notably less interesting than Sal's, so this way I don't feel like I'm in his shadow. <laughs> um, so I wasn't raised in a Christian home. Um, I do remember occasionally we would go to Catholic Mass 
namely, on Christmases and Easter's, my parents used to laugh about how we were CEO Catholics because we only went on Christian Christmas and Easter only. Um, but we didn't really talk about God a lot uh, within our home. And so as a child who was not having these dialogues and didn't really know much of anything about God at home, um, a Catholic Mass to me um, really just made me think that religion was really bizarre. So <laughs> I'm not sure, like, I don't mean to be offensive in any way, and I'm not knocking religion, so please understand me. Um, all I'm saying that as a child, small child, through a child's eyes, um, just a glimpse of something religious without that background, um, just with something, seems like something apart and really strange to me. You didn't have a context for no, it. No, yeah. no context. Thank you. You know, that's, that's actually a really interesting thing, is I'm just sitting here, I think a lot. Um, for us parents, that's a lesson, right? You know, don't dip of toe in. You know, I, I know I went with my girls. I want my girls to be 100% in, and I don't want them to be like, oh, the Christian thing is just a little weird because they don't get the whole thing. You know, we don't talk about what it is on Sunday. They don't see the whole thing. Maybe, maybe just, I don't know. There seems like there's a lesson there is all. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Um, but that said, <laughs> that said, I do remember um, throughout my childhood that I had this deep sense that one, there was a God, that two, he was benevolent, and that somehow I should know him. And so I lived, and I, as I was raised, I remember this sort of tension between wanting to know God and wanting to maybe be good, because I thought that's what you were supposed to do, and um, but not knowing how to go about that and not knowing, like, could I talk to God or anything. Um, so that kind of continued until my mid-teenage years um, when life is hard anyway, right, And as a teenager. Um, but we also kind of hit some low points in my family. Um, you know, every family has its own little dysfunctions, and this just happened to be the point in life where my family is sort of like all manifested at the same time. And um, during a particularly low spot and really a personal breaking point, I, uh, I found myself alone and I just cried out to God and I was like, hey God, if you're real, I need you right now. And if I don't find you right now, I'm just done with everything. Like I'm done with life and I'm done with you and I'm done with everything. So. Um, you know, praise God that he met me in that place. And, and I did. I felt just incredible peace, and, and I found God, and I gave my life to Christ that night, just in my room by myself. Um, and then the following Christmas, um, an aunt of mine who, like, I recall I thought was kind of weird, and I'm pretty sure I thought that because they were Christian, and so they didn't live like the rest of my extended family. So I kind of saw them as strange. Anyway, she must have gotten wind that I had given my life to Christ, and I gave me a Bible, my first Bible at Christmas, and I just devoured it and, and started seeking the Lord after that. So um, God was just, he was constantly faithful, and there were plenty of challenges, but I can see both before I knew him and after I knew him where he just came through and protected me 
and drew me in and, and put very you know, uh, unique individuals in my life to, to draw me even, you know, and otherwise I wouldn't have had that opportunity to know him. Heather, I think you were probably joking a little bit when you talked about Sal's story being more interesting than yours, but I just want to encourage you not to minimize the importance of your life and what God has done in it. Um, so, okay. So, here, I'll, I'll give a shot at answering this and not handing it on. <laughs> you know, um, okay, here we go. Can you hear me? All righty. Um, you know, my childhood was, it, it, it's really similar, I think, to a lot of people's. Um, you know, comparably, when you look at it, we all have hardships and troubles. I grew up in Saginaw, um, so I had, you know, my family separated. My mom was over here, my dad was over there, uh, drugs and gangs and all that stuff. Maybe that's not similar, but what I'm trying to say is, in general, it was hard. And I think a lot of us have these childhood stories that when we talk to someone, hey, what was your childhood like? You know, you'll hear, oh, it was a little bit difficult. I had this challenge and that challenge. Um, I also wasn't raised a Christian. Um, in fact, I was very angry at Christ, and I would have categorized myself as an atheist growing up. And it wasn't until a few years ago when I sat and thought about it that actually, it's not that I was an atheist, it was that I was mad at God for a lot of the same reasons that Heather was talking. You know, did you hear her say, you know, I just thought, man, there's something more like the C.S. Lewis fish out of water thing. Uh, if you don't know what that is, check it out. It's pretty awesome to search C.S. Lewis and a fish in water. Um, but a lot of the times I remember thinking, uh, man, it's unjust. Where are you? Why is this going on? How come? And, and that happened a lot throughout my childhood. And I was angry. And it wasn't until I became a Christian, was able to look objectively back, that I was able to see what God had done and the involvement. And, and here it says uh, his faithfulness. Man, even when I was fighting against Christ, and I mean it very literally, um, <laughs> Uh, he was there. He was blessing me. He was protecting me. He was guiding me and walking with me. You know, he would put people in my life. Maybe I didn't listen to him and I shunned him and I spurned him. But as I look back and think about it, I was like, man, there were a lot of moments of faithfulness. And because of who I was and what I've gone through, I've got a, I've got a weird skill set. You know, I've got a, one of those toolboxes where none of the parts look like they go together, but somehow they work. Uh, just yesterday, I was working in the orchard out there, and I'm not joking. In one second, I'm speaking Spanish to this guy, and we're talking, we're talking. The next moment, I'm out there rapping. I'm having a rap battle with a guy <laughs> in the cherry fields. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, skill sets. So, that's your cue to ask him to do some free flowing during the message plus. No, but but it opened up a doorway. Yesterday, I had about a, a two-hour conversation of Christ because this one kid who was all into the rap scene had come up to me and he was like, yeah, I can rap. I was like, well, I can rap. And he looked at me and he's like, you can rap. I was like, well, I can give it a shot. <laughs> and it opened up the doorway. And can I interject another thing in talking with you, Sal, that I didn't know about before? I can't do that with mine or we would have a rap battle. Let's talk um, about Christ. Nobody wants to see that happen, trust me. 
uh, in talking with you, there's another interesting thing about your life that a particular thing has been used for the good, and that is your experience with fighting. Yeah. Being trained from the time you were very young and how you, have you've actually found ways to connect with places that you go when you're on the mission field. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that just a little bit? Yeah. So um, I used to fight. I grew up fighting. I ended up becoming a prize fighter. I fought all over the U.S. I was on TV a time or two. Um, I'm not trying to say, hey, look at me. Cause, you know, I asked I, you to tell the story. You're good. Okay, cool. Um, but what it's, what it's done is, you know, when we were in South America, uh, they were all into Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and they're all into it. And, I, and it would open doors. I'd see some young kids who were like, hey, what's going on? What's going on? And I'd push them back and be like, nothing, let's go. And, and it would open up doors of respect because we could meet people where they were. Uh, in 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 Africa, surprisingly, it was a surprise to me. Sudanese and South Sudanese love wrestling, love it, love it, love it. And there's a way that you can end up involving people, and you can talk about. Look, once you get to this level, physically, mentally, and spiritually, we can advance. But it opens up doorways. Plus, when you have them in a chokehold, and you're like, "Do you want to hear the gospel or not?" <laughs> repent, <Yeah>. repent. <laughs> Perfect. Um, one other comment before we move on to another question. Uh, I find, I've talked with Sal more than I have Heather, so if I make more comments about Sal, I'm not trying to distinguish the importance of their two stories. We've just had a lot of breakfast over the last couple months. Before you became a Christian, you fairly actively were hostile toward Christians. Very. Um, so I've got, jeez. Oh, so... I used to fight with Christians, like, you know, and beat them up, bang, bang, and say, you know, where's Jesus now, man? Yeah, I grew up, my old man didn't like Christ, and we learned arguments against Christianity. We actively did not like it. We were very hostile towards Christianity. Um, so even to the point where I became a Christian, and I, I haven't talked to some of my brothers and sisters for years and years and years. Yeah. All right, I'm going to move to my second question because I feel like we could linger here all morning, but there's more questions. Uh, Heather, let's start with you. How have you experienced God's faithfulness through what I'm going to call major life experiences? So this could be uh, this could be marriage, having kids, going overseas, different things like that. Um, I have to assume that all of those things bring their own unique set of challenges with them. Just talk about God's presence in your life through some different things like that. Right. So, um, definitely experienced God in big ways and his faithfulness in all those areas. Um, but I like to talk about our marriage because I feel like it's very foundational to everything else. And it was kind of our starting point. I married way out of my league. (laughs) (laughs) Are we... kind of a good girl falls in love with the bad boy, but we'll leave that for another day or message plus. Um, So Sal and I were high school sweethearts and we got married really young, um, straight out of high school. I wasn't walking with the Lord at that time. Salzar still was not a Christian. And about one year into our marriage, um, we found it was extremely dysfunctional and sort of at our wit's end, we tried to seek Uh, worldly wisdom to save our marriage. And in doing so, you know, as sort of our last ditch effort, we got a marriage counselor. Um, 
which sort of ended when, during a session, Salazar picked him up by the scruff of his shirt and held him against a wall and threatened his life. I forgot about that. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't a Christian then. Okay? (laughs) (laughs) And so needless to say, at this point... Um, I was pretty convinced that there was no hope for our marriage. I was like, man, this is it. There's, this is just the end of the line. And um, so growing... You know, I, re- I, <laughs> I remember this. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, why is she mad? You know, because I've never hit her. I've never done anything mean. Like, my folks, they went, you know, at it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm like, sure, I threw the counselor out, but I never touched her. <laughs> you know <laughs> You know, like I was completely like. Didn't I did even ask know any him, better, like, "Hey, what was that?" And he says, "Well, he just keeps saying everything's my fault and it's not fair." <laughs> but to be fair, yeah. <laughs> I, I did throw out the guy. So let's let's so change anyway, the subject. So <laughs> anyway, feeling very hopeless and betrayed at this. Point, I, I packed up our young daughter, moved back in with my mom, and filed for divorce, mm. which puts it in your court. Honey, you want to take it from here? Yeah. So the Lord is faithful. <laughs> um, you know, this is actually, sincerely, this is what brought me to Christ. It was a crazy low point, um, which also is interesting, isn't it? How many of us run into Christ when we're at a low point? And, you know, when we've got nowhere else to turn, when we're weak, when he's made strong, and we can actually see that it's him because there's nothing that we can do. There's nothing that we can do to save the day anymore. We're not the superhero of our own story. Jesus is. Um, So uh, I went to jail during this period because there was a domestic violence. And it was then when a youth pastor had given me a book called uh, Wild at Heart. And I had read it, and I, you know, I was angry at Christ, and I was this, I was that, and I didn't know what to think. But I went to church a time or two with Heather, and I seen they were nice. And long story short, because there's not a lot of time, you know, I ended up giving my life to Christ, and I called Heather, and and his faithfulness is this in an extremely hopeless situation. I gave up Heather, and I called her, and I said, "Hey, darling, I understand. I give my life to Christ. I don't want to." fight anymore. I, I'm retiring from fighting because back then I was fighting. Um, I, I don't want to fight. I don't want anything. You can go. I, I got the divorce papers on Christmas. It's messed up. <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> but, um, <laughs> at uh, least I gift wrapped them. <laughs> Did you really? No. no. <laughs> That would have been even worse. There are so many levels to this story. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I had called her and I said, you know, I'm, I'm done. I can't do it anymore. I found Christ and I want to follow Christ. And, you know, longs, I'm trying to condense it because we don't have time. But I tell you what, in a hopeless, hopeless, hopeless situation where nothing should have went the way that it has gone. Here we are 14 and a half years later. And, and I mean, she's my best friend. And, and I'm not that guy anymore. You know, that's, that's, that's faithfulness to me, showing that, you know, even when someone's like, rah, fighting against him, and he's always there somehow. I, it's amazing. Yeah. Go ahead. Were you going to say something? No, I don't know if I uh, should finish the story. Yeah, go ahead. I'm hang at that. 
Keep going. Okay. So I get this call, and um, actually Christmas Eve, because it was Christmas Eve that he got the papers. And what Sal said over the phone call that I normally would not have picked up was, hey, I understand, you know, um, I've become a Christian now, you know, hopefully someday we can be friends, but I'm not going to fight you anymore. I'm not going to stalk you anymore, you know. Like. He just transferred that to me, I found out. <laughs> Facebook's amazing. <laughs> but he invited me to his final fight, um, so I was very intrigued by this phone call. You know, is he being sincere, or is this one of those, like, tricks to get me back kind of things? I went to his final fight, um, and along the car ride, he told me that, no, God had um, called him, and that he was pretty sure God didn't want him just beating people up for the rest of his life. And uh, he thought God wanted him to be a missionary. And so he was giving up fighting, which was everything to him then, in order uh, to pursue Christ. So then at the fight, I became very afraid for him because while the other fighters were warming up, um, and this was a very serious fight, it was a cage fight, MMA no holds barred, and um, it was a pretty well-known one for being pretty brutal. There were guys going out in stretchers and all kinds of stuff. And uh, while other fighters were warming up, Sal was uh, eating a huge chicken dinner and then hid in the corner with his Bible, reading his Bible in a little corner. I um, still have a headache from the way that this ends up. <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say that even uh. though he really was... Um, an exquisite, exquisite fighter. He lost that one pretty bad. And then following the fight, um, it was that vulnerability, seeing him giving up fighting, seeing that he was serious about giving me up, that you know made me decide, well, maybe we can give this uh, another go at it. And, and shortly following that, we committed our marriage to Christ, we committed our family to Christ, and have just seen God work miraculously um, through our, our marriage and our family ever since. Can you talk a little bit about what your spiritual formation looked like following that? Because the, the moment of transformation is crucial. But the years following that, as you're putting kind of new foundations in place, what were the things that kind of formed you, um, not just in your marriage, but as individuals? And probably discipleship is just my big term for this. So I'm really, really glad that you asked that. This is something I want to tell the entire church of the West. Um, I, I, I feel like asking one of those questions where you raise your hands, being like, hey, guys, how many of you had disciples? And then some of you will raise your hand, and then saying, how many of you want disciples? Then other will raise their hand and be like, then do it. We had an issue where we wanted discipleship. We tried very hard, and, and, but people were too busy. And, and because of that, we ended up getting weird doctrines and this and this and that. Man, uh, I, I was telling Anthony, and, I, and I'm going to throw this out there for you younger guys, and maybe the newer guys, and maybe even people who, here's what I'm going to throw out there. Don't get your theology from Christian songs, okay? Don't get your theology from politicians. Get it from the Bible, man. That's where it's at. You know what I'm saying? We're like, oh, I'm this kind of Christian. I'm the, don't. Just be a biblical Christian with a biblical worldview, with a biblical everything, man. That's one of the struggles that I see. I see young men who are looking for disciples the same way I was for years and years, and I couldn't find one because the church was too busy doing worldly things, arguing maybe, or I don't know. But, but it was really difficult. I mean, 
thank the Lord. You know, one of the things that we did was a Sixth Street prayer ministry um, out in Austin, and, and I told Anthony about this. Uh, I, I didn't even know that there was different types of theology. I just went out there and I was saying to this girl at the outside, and she's a university student, she, she's all smart, and uh, I says, hey, can I pray for you? And she said, what? I forget how it goes, but she ends up asking me all of these questions, and I'm floored, right? Because I'm like, what? You're just supposed to say, yeah, and love Jesus. <laughs> you know, you're supposed to be happy. And I'm like, what? And then, so... My pastor ended up turning me on to Ravi. I'm not saying that you have to get into apologetics, and, but it helps, you know? Get into something who's trusted. Make disciples with people who are strong in their faith, that know stuff. Old guys, old men, us, us, okay? Wait a minute. Yeah, I tried to change it. <laughs> see what you did there. See what I did there? Take on the younger guys. Let's... I mean, because it's huge. It's not so, happening. So for you, it was more than just getting the right information. It was having people yeah. who also invested in your life. Yeah. Would you? Yeah. Does that resonate with you too, Heather? Yes, I would absolutely um, agree with that. And those were the biggest. It was easy to go astray when we were just trying to figure it out ourselves. And so having people to come walk, walk with us. Uh, okay, I'm going to jump to the next question. And by the way, we are moving fast. Come to Message Plus. We'll, uh, we'll do follow-up conversation with some more detail. Can you talk about just in the last couple of years as you've been working with refugees and I think human trafficking and different things like that, I, I know from talking with you, you're certainly at times, you're certainly put in situations that are at times dangerous. I'm certain from talking with other missionaries, uh, it seems to be a common thread that this can be taxing on families. It can be hard to raise money. There's just lots of stresses. I mean, missionary work can sound really glamorous, but the rubber meets the road reality can be really hard. So can you talk a little bit about how you've experienced God's faithfulness to you in the midst of being over there in that type of work? Um. Right. So, as I mentioned before, the majority of our international mission work has uh, taken place in Latin America. And during that sort of season, we worked with a lot of street children and within human trafficking, doing the anti-traffic work, and also getting some counseling training. And so, during that period, we really saw a lot of the big... Um, good for Sunday morning stories type of workings of God's faithfulness in our lives. You know, huge financial uh, blessings when we needed it, uh, being delivered from, from dangers. You know, we had run-ins with the mafia down there, things like that. Um, but most recently in Africa, when we started working with the refugees there, um, I was surprised at... Um, just how deeply moved I was by the faith of God to be in the midst of what we were doing, um, to see God really in the trenches with me with his, his sleeves rolled up and getting dirty with me. Um, so I think because of, of the environment of where we were at, the situation where we were at, specifically working within refugee camps, um, you just feel this sort of huge pressing need uh, at some days, they take in 2,000 people in one day coming over the borders. And so there's this huge pressing need that can be very overwhelming. And seeing that what you're doing is actually making a difference 
even that, you need some sort of divine movement in your heart. Um, one example of something that we would encounter was uh, we would do uh, with some of the ladies, I did a children's program with kids in the refugee camp, and the five of us would sometimes have 200 or more kids here. And one day, um, there was, I noticed this little boy was kind of getting picked on, and that he was really clutching something, which I assumed was, you know, probably like a dirty, headless Barbie toy that everybody wanted to play with, kind of thing. Um, but when I got closer to him, I saw that he was holding a dead mouse, and he was just stroking it. And I saw that the signs of trauma were all over his face. I mean, he was, he was very disconnected from what we were doing, and he was just cherishing this little dead mouse. Um, sorry. And so you see things like that, and you know the kind of backgrounds that these children have, and you just ask yourself, oh God, how can I bear this? Um, you know, we work a lot with secular humanitarians. Um, we have to work hand in hand with the UN and things like that. And, and you often you see with people who are helping philanthropists who don't have a higher power that they, that they adhere to, that, that aren't receiving strength from God, they often will distance themselves from the people, they harden their hearts, they um, desensitize themselves uh, because it's truly like hard to stay sane otherwise, right? And, but that's not how Jesus did things. You know, he loved people and he, and he bore their burdens. And I mean, there's something to not taking on everything. But um, you can't disconnect from people if you want to love them. And so you find yourself asking, God, how can I do this? You know, like, how can I bear? And you, by the time you get home, you're I'm dirty. I've most days been peed on by some little naked kid, you know, and like... <laughs> And um, encountering these kids that I just have, you know, at the end of the day, try to love on them, try to tell them there's a God who cares about them, who, who wants to help them, and then leave them at, in these refugee camps. And um, really allowing God to show me how to walk in perpetual brokenness and to fill me each day with the joy of Christ, with more faith, with more love, with more joy so that I could pour that out again and again every day um, was just an incredible move of faithfulness um, on God's part that I, that I hadn't until this point in my life um, encountered or experienced. Good. Thanks, Heather. Um, so my work, I, I, my work was a little different. So I worked with a different people group. Um, and unfortunately, I just, I've got to leave it at that. No, you can go. Okay. Uh, no, I didn't mean the time. I just meant oh. the video okay. thing. Okay, I got you. Um, but what, what amazed me a lot was the resilience. Um, and and it, so I seen God's faithfulness a lot in the people we worked with, uh, people who were willing to give their life to Christ, understanding the cost of the life that they're exchanging. What would their cost be? Well, um, a lot of it would be you can't buy anymore. Shops won't sell to you. Your entire heritage is gone. Uh, you've just, all of your family disowns you. Sometimes people would lose their lives for choosing Christ. 
and they're saying, ah, it's worth it. And then seeing, seeing God's people take them on and... You know, oh man, I, I, I can't explain it. God is faithful and somehow it's, it, I, I, it's something you've just got to experience because there's, now I'm going to do it. There's a faithfulness that's there that people are willing to say, you know what, I'm going to give it my all. And he shows up big. And God's people are able to take this in in a way that I don't understand, in a way that, you know, normally you can't do it. I, I don't have the resources. I don't have the resources. But people are taken care of. Um, and I'm not a really good up here person. I get real nervous. I run out of words. Um, I, resilience is my... And just the fact that people are willing to throw everything in. Here, God, you have everything. And the Lord is faithful, faithful, faithful. I mean, now I'm not saying that there's no hardship. The rain falls on the righteous and the unrighteous. We know this when we read it. Just saying I'm a Christian doesn't take away the, the hurt. But my goodness, God's people moves. And, and it's amazing. Your, your words were good. <laughs> um, as we get to wrapping up this portion of it... Um, do you mind sharing with the congregation in general how we can pray for you and your family? So let me just note something. Um, if you come to Message Plus, we can ask Sal and Heather a bit more about what their plans are, the organization they're working with, where they're planning to go. They are like every other missionary couple you know in that they need support. And that's through prayer, that's through money, can be a lot of different ways. So I would encourage you if you're inspired or challenged by anything they've said this morning, get in touch with them afterwards and find out what it would look like for you to invest in their lives as they're investing um, in the lives of others in the ways they've talked about this morning. So I'm just going to leave it at that. We can talk more about it in Message Plus or you can talk with them later. But just in general for us kind of as your church family, uh, what are some ways we can specifically be praying for you and your family? Um, right away. So we've got just for guidance, guidance is huge. Uh, we know where we're going, but I mean, moving isn't easy, especially when you have a family. That's one of the things you're talking about, being a missionary is one thing, being a missionary family, it's another thing. So uh, prayer, just pray for our family, prayer for guidance. Also, you hit it on the head, finances. We're not really well financed. We're not funded really well, and we, you know, we're always looking for partners, and, and I'm not, I'm not here to pitch money, but man, I'll tell you what, it helps and it enables us to live and not have to worry, but also in order that it helps us help other people. Um, and this is, this is a need, a certain need that we have right now. If you know someone who has a truck that could hold a four-person family, uh, we're, we're trying to get a truck somehow. Five. Oh my! I don't include myself a lot. I'm the I'm the guy taking the picture. So there are four people in the picture, right? <laughs> I'm I'm in there too, I guess. Yeah, that was. I don't say nothing. Um, uh, so that's need too. Um, protection. What is that called when you need words that are the right words? Wisdom. 
Apparently, I need some. Uh, in general, I mean, we just need a lot of prayer. You know, it'd be great if we could set up like a, a home church. Like, hey, so we could send you guys like send you guys a prayer list, and and we could be on your guys's prayer list. And I'm a huge believer in prayer. I mean, from the things that we've seen. Uh, yeah, so I guess just to summarize, we could really use prayers for guidance and wisdom. We're in a little bit of a time of transition. We're returning to a place um, that's a little bit higher security situation than the one we were in. So um, we need some wisdom and direction in, in the specifics and getting there um, for finances, um, for relationships, friendships, people to disciple us, people to just be friends with us and help us kind of grow and refresh while we're here. And um, then in, in the daily life details, and uh, just that the Lord would watch over and meet our children's needs too. They have some pretty unique yeah. things going on That's also as, as kids. So, All right. Uh, so here's how I'd like to close this. Um, we'll pray like we always do. And in case I forget to say this later, if you have any prayer needs, come on up. There'll be people here to pray with you afterwards. Um, so Message Plus, we'll continue a conversation. But also at the end of Message Plus, for all of you who are there, we'll take a little more of an extended time of prayer for Sal and Heather also. Um, but this morning for this portion, uh, let me just wrap this up with a prayer for the two of you. Lord, uh, I'm grateful for the way in which you are faithful in all of our lives. And as I listen to Sal and Heather talk this morning, it's clear that you have moved powerfully in them uh, through your word, through your spirit, through your people. I pray that this can be an encouragement to all of us that whatever situation we are in in our lives, to remember that you are a faithful and a loving God who also moves in our lives that our history is not our destiny. I feel like this was really highlighted today. And that you are the kind of God who is powerful enough to move us into places of what Jesus called abundant life with salvation and, and restoration and healing and hope. So uh, thank you, Lord, that you do this for us. And thank you for the way uh, we see this highlighted in Sal and Heather's life. And I pray that their time here is refreshing not just emotionally and spiritually, but financially. Uh, I pray that as they prepare to return to where they are on the mission field, that the resources uh, and the... Uh, this, I need words here, Sal. Pray for wisdom. Um, yeah, just the, the things that they need to be equipped for your kingdom. Lord, I know you're faithful. Help us to see how we can contribute to this on their behalf as well. So yeah, I'm, just, uh, I'm thankful this morning, Lord, for the glorious God that you are and the work that you do in us and the work that you enable us to do for others. We pray this in your name, Lord. Amen. This has been a presentation of the Church of the Living God. For more information, please visit us at clgonline.org.